You're listening to Rochester Trail Riders. Rochester Trail Riders Challenge 3, Carlton Hill. Carlton Hill is a multiple-use area that has 2,500 acres of DEC-managed properties that once boasted over 50 miles of trails and equestrian camping. Today, horse trails are down to 9 miles, and there's still two approved camping areas, but not horse-specific. Maps for this park are non-existent but were once plentiful. I have a feeling it's being done on purpose to lower the demand on the park. Those that ride here are amazing stewards, and I got to meet several of them on my visit. I learned horses were almost entirely banned from the park a few years ago due to overuse and poor trail and trailer etiquette. Be conscious of weather conditions and how your visit will impact the health of the trail system and community areas. Carlton Hill is located near Dale, New York in Wyoming County and is managed by the DEC Region 9 headquarters located in Allegheny, New York. There are three main parking areas, but the best one is Middle Bank Street Road. The DEC is serious about staying on marked horse trails, but don't provide a usable map. Good news? I got one for you. You'll be able to find it on the Rochester Trail Riders website, linked in the show notes below. Expect narrow, rough herd path trails with overgrowth and blowdown over very challenging terrain big elevation gains, extensive creek bed crossings with large rocks. The trail reminded me a lot of the ones I used to ride in the Adirondacks as a trail guide. Not a trail for novice riders, horses, or the unfit. Trees are clearly marked with an abundance of signage and painted blazes showing you the way. The parking area feels small, so be mindful of how you maneuver your rig and make sure others can park while you're out on the trail. It's mostly grass-covered gravel and is bordered by large limestone rocks, which make for great mounting blocks. I chose to ride this park slightly on a whim. I wanted to round out my first three challenges covering one greenway, one county park, and one state park. I went with the furthest park away from me, which was Carlton Hill, a 40-minute trip according to my GPS, and since this is an unknown trail system, I opted to ride, not drive. With Hill in the name, I assume I'd encounter elevation climbs. I went with light tack and cleaned up my duet companion endurance saddle. Being an English saddle means no jeans for me, which is awesome because I get to do what English folks get to do best, matchy-matchy color-coordinated outfit. I failed, but on purpose. I had planned to ride with a friend, but timing wasn't right, and she was volunteering for a horse show later that afternoon. Knowing that I was going to ride a new trail with no map and by myself, my outfit of choice went from cute matchy to shield your eyes insane. Purple marble tights and Hunter Blades orange shirt. Ew! This would allow me to be easily found should I become separated from my horse. The tights I was using have a phone pocket which kept my phone on me and not my horse. Yes, I do plan my adventures considering worst case scenarios. Add to it my Apple Watch for fall detection and my Equilab app with safety tracking enabled. I am prepared to be yeeted off into orbit and still be tracked. 
My last overthinking prep was my camelback day pack. This carries not only water, but my first aid kit for human and horse, along with a lead rope and hoof pick. Since I'm carrying it and it's not on the saddle, it too stays with me for those ill-timed gravity checks. An added bonus? The water bladder acts as a cushion upon impact. Overkill? Probably. But my time as a guide over the years has me preparing over versus under, and many times have I been thankful that I have. The goal for today was to start off at 6 a.m. Therefore, I could choose to either stay and enjoy the park longer, or come home by 10 and have time to work on the farm. Naturally, I screwed off until 9 a.m. and didn't leave until almost 10. Oh well. Best laid plans and all. I picked a parking lot at random and set my GPS. Trip, it felt shorter than I expected, and when I got close, I passed the lot for the Motorized Access Program for People with Disabilities, and there was a horse trailer in it. Notice that the lot had a pull-through, so I made my way in and was greeted by a gentleman. His name was Larry, and wow, was he a wealth of information. Larry informed me my best place to start as a first-timer was the Middle Bank Street Road lot which I ironically had randomly picked on my GPS. However, he said that the GPS was taking me away was awfully bumpy and to backtrack to Kingsley, to Moose Roads, and then come up from the south to Bank Street. The DEC used to have pamphlet bins, he tells me, at each lot with maps, but they're either missing altogether or empty. No bother. The trails are well marked. He too was planning to ride with friends from the middle lot after his date with a down tree. Maybe he'd see me out there on the trails later. I pulled through and headed back to Kingsley, promptly missing the turn, and drove all the way back to East Bethany Road, to Webster, to Kingsley, to Moose, to Bank Street. It seemed like it was way out of the way, but after getting on Bank Street, I was so thankful for the recommendation. The road is rough, but the path from the south is short, and I got to the lot pretty fast. I pulled in to find another weekender trailer with its occupants already out on the trail, along with another car. I assumed this guy was at a campsite for the weekend. Either that, or he took his hydration very seriously, as he shouldered a case of water and casually disappeared into the woods. I backed into a shady spot and unloaded Pete. After talking to Larry, my preparations for the challenging ride would be validated. I chose to cross the road, mainly because I saw a large friendly sign that said, Horse Trail! and made my way over to the fresh-cut field. Although the trail itself was just a herd path, the signs and blazes made it very easy to follow. It quickly went from a comfy trail to immediate challenge the second we entered the woods. Pete and I started down a deep, narrow path, and I swear I heard Pete say, Uh, lady, use nuts, and he stopped dead. Slight coaxing, he carefully made his way down, and shortly after came our first real refusal. You see, Pete... He's my dressage and carriage horse, and yeah, we've done some trails, but they're nicely groomed with wide bridges and pleasant footing, and today is going to test every part of him, physically and mentally. First challenge, wooden footbridge over a dry creek bed with large rocks at the bottom. From the hoof prints, it was clear that horses didn't cross the bridge but made their way through the ditch. Nope. Hell no. That's what Pete was telling me. This ain't happening. I want to go home. It felt like forever of me constantly readjusting him to face the path and stop and wait for him to inspect it. 
Eventually, he realized all answers to his tantrums pointed right back to the place he didn't want to be at, and the only right answer was to walk through. We made it! Golly. A hundred yards in, and it took us 15 minutes. This is going to be a long ride. The path from here on out is all wooded, and it meandered through the trees. Several smaller dips through dry drainage beds that Pete insisted on stopping and inspecting every single time, followed by a few steeper downslopes, but nothing in comparison to what was to come. At one point, we found ourselves up high on a bridge with a massive gully to my right. I kept thinking, no way do I want to be at the bottom of that. Nope, not half it in. Well, the trail slowly switched back and forth a few times, and the big drop. At this point, I kind of needed to stop, mainly because I mentally needed to prepare. Well, pro, let's see here. Footing has been dry, there's no slick mud, and the leaf cover wasn't an issue to cause more slippage. So far, Pete has been sure-footed, and he's been conscious of all four legs in their placement. I made the decision to at least give it a try. Pete attempted a side-pass maneuver down, but I quickly straightened him out. I was glad that I put a crupper on that saddle today. He cautiously picked his way down, and we soon found ourselves at the bottom of that gully that I said I didn't want to be at the bottom of. Up to this point, I have been able to remain mounted for each challenge, but crossing the creek bed itself required motivation from the ground. Pete was having no part of this obstacle, and he did several rears and spins to try to get out of going into the bed. Even when I got off to lead him over, he still hesitated and resisted. You see, my method of training an obstacle is just stand there. The path forward is the only answer. Pete, he eventually realized that his protests weren't going to work and cautiously picked his own path down into the creek bed around large rocks and pools of water. The creek itself wasn't running at the time of our crossing and thankfully I remained dry. On the other side, I looked for a spout to mount up, and guess what? The trail made its way back across the creek bed again, and I stayed on the ground to help Pete across that one, too, before getting back on. The trail did this again several more times, and each time Pete let me stay on and made his way across. Good boy! Eventually, the trail felt like it was leaving the creek area and seemingly looping its way back. With no map, I was clueless if the trail was a loop or if doubling back the way we came was a better plan. Thankfully, I did start my Equilab, which tracks our path via GPS. A quick swipe, and yep, we were in fact making our way back. I made a mental note to look for some familiar landmarks. Then came the fun part. With all that descent meant we had to climb our way back out, and there was a whole lot of up. I'm a walking trail rider, and my body was aching already from this difficult trail and I knew that galloping up is the easiest on a horse, so I prepared myself for Pete showing me his true black stallion strength. I grabbed fistfuls of mane and leaned into my two-point as he started off at a comfortable trot, but soon launched into a powerful push up the hill. Thankful for my mane handle, I tried to remain balanced as I could. With each stride, he thrust closer to the top. At one point, he attempted to take off into a spur to the left, but I corrected him and we kept going up. Idiot. Horse is no best. When we reached the top, my gut said, Eh, you've been here before. And sure enough, after checking my Equilab app, I missed the turnoff. 
which also happened to be the very spot Pete tried to turn to begin with. Smart boy. They gave him some love. A ride back to the trailhead was uneventful, and the scary ditch bridge crossing that he balked at the first time was not an issue at all on our way back through. Upon returning to the trailers, I met up with Larry and his friends as they prepped to head out. Introduction made, one of them, Christine, informed me that she did in fact submit a trail map to Rochester Trail Riders some time ago and was surprised I didn't have it. Why had I not checked my own directory for a map before I left? I don't know. We said our goodbyes and they started out and loaded up for home. Returning home, I logged on and sure enough, there was the map she gave me, plainly linked under trail maps on the website. Oh, well. Next time. Carlton Hill. Number three in the books. Well, kind of. Plan on going back. Distance? I did four kilometers. It's only 2.5 miles. I definitely need to go back. My time? One hour. Average speed? 3.6 kilometers an hour with a top speed of 13. Elevation gain? 368 meters, which is 1,207 feet. You gotta check out the episode page or the YouTube video to see a graph of this terrain. Wow, it was crazy. My Carlton Hill rating? Parking. Small, but functional. Three horse hooks. There were four of us in rather large rigs and there were room for more. You will need to know how to back up into your spot and make sure there's room for others. Maps and signage. Three horse hooves. The DEC website is terrible and useless, but the map I have on the RTR page is accurate. Be sure to download or print it before you go. And for reference, I was on trail number five. Signage on the trail itself was very clear. Difficulty. Four hooves. I can only speak for trail five and it was insanely awesome. If by awesome you mean check your sanity at the trailer. I'm told if I had stayed on the same side of the road that I parked on, it wouldn't have been so crazy. But you know what? Be prepared for anything if you're riding here. Maintenance. Two hooves. The state keeps parking areas and fields mowed. The trails are kept up by DEC stewards and are herd path wide. Be a good trail guardian. Stick to mark areas only and avoid the park and poor footing conditions to prevent mud ruts. This is a wildlife managed area. Your goal should be to leave minimal impact on the land. In conclusion, I really enjoyed my time at this park and we'll be back for sure with more time to explore. The state has drastically cut down on horse accessibility due to complaints and inconsiderate visitors. If you want this park to remain open to horse traffic, educate yourself on leave no trace methods of trail stewardship. Understand that the DEC is attempting to bring this cluster of properties back to its native habitats and heavy traffic of any sort will close off access even more. It is a privilege to be able to ride, and that privilege can be taken away with the actions of a few bad apples. That wraps up today's show. Until next time, respect the trail, wear a helmet, and clean up after your horse at the trailer site. Happy trails! <laughs>